As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, listeners, I just wanted to warn you before we get into this episode that we were recording this from Paige's house. So Paige is on her normal setup and Mikey and I were on a different setup that's more conducive to traveling so mikey and i don't sound as good on this episode and believe me no one is going to be more bothered by that than i am hence this warning so i just wanted to apologize the episode's great i'm sure you'll love it but we just don't sound as good as we normally do and again i apologize but enjoy the episode this episode brought to you by the following patrons jay's pack sex caliber bones a lot madeline edward sunzi alisa alissa vixen holly natasha laura boezy jeremy ali Eliza, Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please join us on Facebook, aka Woodsboro, where we hang out daily. You guys have anything funny happen this week? I ran into my ex's husband at the airport and he threatened to fight me. Make me blow off my ring and rub it on my shirt like that means anything. You're lucky this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we watched Five Five Cream. Cream. (laughs) It's the fifth one, but in the title, it just says Scream. Right. Right. It, It is just called Scream, right? Right. But the next one is Scream 6. Yeah. Well, it's called Scream, and then the numerals are in the M. This franchise is worse at numbering their movies than the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, and that's saying something. It is. Okay, do you think that this remake sequel thing was necessary is my first question to you both. Absolutely not. (laughs) And at what sequel do you think Scream jumped the shark? Four. The third movie is a perfect movie, and I will go to my grave (laughs) saying that. It is honestly the only, in my mind, real Scream sequel. You know what? Yep. Hell yeah. (laughs) don't, Don't agree with him. No. Okay, so let me ask you guys right at the top. Had you guys seen this before? No. Yes. Okay, so it was my first time as well, Paige. Yeah. And we all watched it together. We're all we're literally at Paige's house because mm-hmm. we're doing our live show in two days. Right. <laughs> we should plan that. So we all watched it together in Paige's living room. By the way, love your house. Secondly, thank you. Thank you. I think Paige was having a very hard time not falling asleep. Yeah, I slept for probably 20 minutes of this movie, and then I woke up, and then I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, what did I miss? And then I described the last thing I remembered seeing in the movie, and they were like, you didn't miss anything. That's how badly this movie is paced. (laughs) It is honestly one of my favorite Scream sequels, because it is just committed to being nonsense for two hours, and then at the end of it, it just ends the way Every Scream movie ends. I was so happy that we went to Universal Halloween Nights. I used up all my happiness maybe for the whole year in one night. I've never seen Mikey more happy than he was last night at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Yeah. I I told him in the car. I was like, I'm going to become a child who's very excited the rest of the night. 
He was a nine-year-old in a free candy store last mm-hmm. night, especially with the Express Pass. Oh, my God. Mikey, every line we got into was just like, oh, my God, Express Pass is so worth it. Like, I cannot wait in line. This is the best. Well, and I mean, honestly, for the first half of the night, I was right there with you. I was like, we're running to the front. Let's go. (laughs) And and then the shuffling, the shuffling hurt my hips. I didn't I couldn't make it. I did make it. We did go through all of the, all of the yeah, mazes. We saw all of them. I don't know what you're saying. You I just couldn't make it. You definitely the made last it. One. <laughs> I'll take ownership. I, uh, you know, we had a few people start falling out because of, I mean, we stayed till about one thirty in the morning. And then, uh, you know, as the time went on, people were getting sore, needed to rest, you know, we're getting tired. And then we needed to eat funnel cake and drink yeah. things with eyeballs in it. In response, I ignored all of their physical, and emotional needs and pushed everyone to the brink to see as much as humanly possible in my time there. And I did. And I'm happy about it. And you wonder why Mikey is perpetually single. Yeah, a, a hundred because my favorite, <laughs> no, my favorite. So Natalie and I both short queens, uh, which means that Whenever we were going to or from somewhere, we we had to keep a higher pace to keep up with you because we have short legs, right? Right. But then in all of the mazes, we have to shuffle, which then hurts your hips. So by the end of the night, Natalie is in excruciating pain (laughs) with her hips. I am miserable with my hips. And Mikey is like, why is everybody walking so slow? Like, we're walking to valet at 1.30 and he's like, I don't know why we're so slow. I was like, motherfucker, we have said for the last hour and a half, we've been like, hey, our hips are fucking killing us. <laughs> like, I was fine. Like, my legs weren't hurting. I was fine. But I was so demoralized by the end of the night that, like, I just didn't want to be anywhere anymore. <laughs> we did break you with the mummy ride. And that is definitely largely my fault, I think. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It was when you said, oh, by the way. This goes backwards. Two seconds after they close the thing that like pins you in place, I was like, oh, cool. I thought we were friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me explain my thought process for a moment. So here's the thing. I know you don't like heights and the mummy ride doesn't have any heights. It is more of a space mountain in the dark, whatever. So I yeah. had talked you into going on it because it didn't have any heights. And then as we get in and I knew it went backwards, but I didn't really think about that the whole time. And then we sat down in the ride and then the guy behind us was like backwards, backwards, backwards. I was like, I got to tell Todd about this or he's going to think that I hit it from him and, but then literally as they're buckling us in i was like oh by the way i'm so sorry <laughs> like this goes backwards so mikey took a selfie of all of us about to go on this <laughs> ride and it was i shit you not three seconds after he took that photo page was like hey we're about to do half this ride backwards and then we shoot out of the <laughs> the fucking like where you where you line up and get on like the terminal what do they call that thing yeah I'll terminal sure i'll go with terminal either way it was terrible i hated it and well then as the second i saw you get off the ride i was like oh no i've made a terrible mistake (laughs) i could barely walk getting off that i was so nauseous and like just that was me getting off the simpsons ride where i like i beeline i like booked it out and i was like i might throw up right now and mikey was like that was great wasn't it awesome and i'm literally bent over and i'm like no (laughs) also i I sat next to Mikey the whole ride, eyes closed, cringing, and Mikey was like, what a great ride. <laughs> I think it's funny because Mikey clearly was the only person at Halloween Horror Nights last night, according to Michael. 
Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> he was the only person who had wants and needs and feelings. I did appreciate his need for a funnel cake. but that yeah. I loved it. And honestly, I can't wait to do it again next year because Mikey becomes a 12-year-old child. Listen, I went to Quilt Town. I saw the spool of thread. I went at all the dumb shops. I watched them make a spool of yarn or whatever the fuck I did there. And I did all the things. Wind a skein of yarn, sure. Uh (laughs) Do not high road me like I would care about what the name of that thing is. So, Mikey, if theme parks are your thing and Quilt Town is Paige's thing, what's my thing? Some place where they only require you to eat two slices of anything? The only thing I've seen you get just (laughs) as excited about is pettiness. Oh, some sort of band convention? <laughs> I'm so good at being Patty. No, a musical. A live musical that's terrible. When have I ever made you go to a terrible live musical? Not yet. But last night was the first time we had to go to Mikey's Heaven. So, like, eventually it's going to happen. I'm still mad because we didn't get to watch the Purge, like, live show that was on water for some reason. Well, because it's the Waterworld show that they just slapped a new name on. So it's like this movie, then? Yeah, exactly. You see how I segued it back into this? Okay, I'm going to set it up because I know what you two thought because I read the room. Well, we also (laughs) watched this movie together. Like Y'all hated this movie like it took you to Halloween Horror Nights last night and would not let you slow down. (laughs) And okay, I I heard good things about the film. People were excited about it. Horror fans were excited. I'm sure they were excited before they saw it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, They a lot of people liked this movie. A lot of people loved it. It made a lot of money. And then so I watched I I, I was going to keep an open mind. Scream is not my favorite franchise i, I want to say that i love the first one and i think the sequels are not great this one there were elements of it i liked but overall it doesn't do it for me i kind of like scream six but be- like the next one better and i like that this exists to set that up because it gets further away from the franchise i feel like on the next one it throughout this movie point out why franchises that do this sort of thing that like okay, we're going to have new movies. We're going to have The Force Awakens. It's terrible when they are forced to, to tie that back to the original characters. And I agree. Like, that's the reason I didn't like the new Star Wars movies. I don't give a shit what Luke Skywalker's up to, especially if you're just going to kill him off for no fucking reason. So, like, whatever. And, like, in this movie, I feel like, and follow me on this, because this is a this tracks 100%. Dewey is Luke Skywalker of this franchise, and I honestly feel like he is the moral center of the franchise. Okay, I am I'm picking not, this up. This is not a joke. No, 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 this no, no, is not no, no, even no. a joke. I am picking up. I'm about to agree with you 100%. Yes. You've put it in language I understand. Yes. Dewey is the, the whole, he is hopeful and good yes. and like defends people no matter what 100% of the time. It is his yes. whole character trait. Luke, whose whole arc was become like accepting light and goodness. And yep. even in the face of, I will sacrifice and let my dad kill me in the hope that he would turn at the end and i will be a forever optimist forever hopeful uh jedi and then at the last jedi he is this burned out crusty not really believing in the jedi kind of thing and that's not like luke because this in in the original trilogy this is not do like they do dewey dirty in this i feel like and it, it kind of rubs me the wrong that was like the biggest element that rubbed me the wrong way oh i i think the thing that rubbed me the wrongest way was that in this movie there were lots of stuff that rubbed me the wrong way but it's always the stuff that rubbed me the wrong way in scream movies which is just the killer can be anywhere at any time there's no causality to anything 
Like it's it's a magical world where there are usually two killers, and that ki- those killers are Nightcrawler from the X Men, and they can just teleport around, and it's fine, right? But like I sort of like that about this movie. Like this is a movie that, and honestly, the whole franchise is this way. They don't care about causality. Like it is just going to be two hours of manufactured like slasher scenarios that don't necessarily line up. And there'll be a little bit of plot thrown in there. And at the end of the movie, like they're just going to pick two names out of a hat and that is your killer. And then that's what, that's what the movie is. But that's like, that was scream three too. And I love scream three. So like, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. It's just what scream does. And this movie also does that. Yeah. I think for me, scream three is at least fun. Like it's so bad. It's fun. And that's why it's the one that I kind of like the one sequel. I like the original scream is a classic, but is also fun. Uh, This movie is not very fun. Uh, it's 30 minutes of movie in a two-hour bag, and I fell asleep for 20 minutes and missed nothing. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> this is not even a joke. She did fall asleep. I woke her back up because I noticed she was asleep, and she was like, what did I miss? And I said to her, what do you remember? And she described what was happening at that moment on the screen 20 minutes after she fell asleep. Like, there was nothing that had happened in those 20 minutes. Yes. Paige has the shine. I've got the shine. <laughs> she definitely get that dick Halloran. You know what, what I'm saying? Uh, here's my frustration. Again, Scream is not my franchise either. Um, and, and it's because plot holes d- drive me crazy. And like this franchise is the king of plot holes. Uh, That's what I mean. There's no causality. Yeah. There's no causality. Uh, Every character in this movie is in it for two scenes. And yet somehow this movie is two hours long. Uh, But then on top of that, we learn fucking nothing about anybody except that they were related to someone from a previous Scream movie, which who the fuck cares? Because we don't know anything about those people either because they only existed to be stabbed. So like... At a certain point when they're like, oh, where was so-and-so? I'm like, who's so-and-so? Like, who? I don't, not only do I not care. That's how I feel No every movie we watch. (laughs) Even when they, like, and then when they announce who the killers, like, are, instantly I'm like, that's impossible. Like, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It, It has not worked in a Scream movie since the first one. And that drives me nuts. Yeah, I feel like the first Scream movie is the only movie where they were like, okay, we have to make sure... That right. like who is the killer tracks, which is why Agatha Christie writes yes. well, right? These are like if you gave Agatha Christie cocaine and forty five minutes to write an entire yes. book. Yes, and the thing is, I think they they script and they film like a bunch of alternative endings, and then I don't know which one they pick. I know that was Scream Three, but like, and then it, if you don't make it make sense, it doesn't make sense. Yes, and th- and I think that I don't know if they still do that because um, I. Spoiler, we just watched this, so I'm going to have to, like, fun fact on the fly, uh, which is how this works when we watch it together. But, like, not only do I not care because I don't know them. I know nothing about these people. So the stakes mean nothing. But then, I ha- like, I spent two hours and I don't invest in it. Because why should I? Because anything I learn in those two hours means nothing. Because it's just going to be whoever they decided it was going to be. The One of the killers in this movie is in three scenes total. Three. Oh, you mean Amber Free, uh, Amber Freeman? Yes. Yeah. 
Like, and then their explanation, I was like, so it's just four all over again? Yeah. Why did we do this? The only, and, and at that point, the only thing I was enjoying was uh, watching Dennis Quaid's kid smile because I was like, it's Dennis Quaid's face on a different person's body. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it's like watching Meg Ryan's face smile like Dennis Quaid. Yes. That's like Jack's, Jack Quaid's body. <laughs> Honestly, can I be, I'm into it. They made the only good, like, fun character to watch on screen. They made him a killer. Yes. And if you're going to kill Dewey, you need another Dewey. Dewey in the Scream franchise yeah. and Jack would have been a great Dewey like a foil for Dewey but um, no they killed him off too like I'm sure six is better because I don't think it could be any worse than this but this is also like a fun movie on some level it's just paced very badly so like I don't even think it's fun that's what's frustrating this franchise probably needs to go to bed for like five or six more years and then yeah. have one bring a older Sid with her kids growing up and have a killer target her kids. Oh God. Why can't we just like leave Westboro and like find a you new set of characters? I want to recreate. Yeah. Westboro. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out for that Baptist church in Westboro. <laughs> I want, I want the H2O treatment. That's what I want. I too want Josh Hartnett in a screen movie. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm good. I I'm here to say it's okay for franchises to end. Real, uh, real talk. Make some new franchises. We yes! need some. Thank you. It is okay yeah. for franchises to end. Invest in new stories. There are a million ideas on earth for anything. We don't need to keep making the same movie over and over again with little to no unique identifiers when we could be making really cool other stuff. Like, I mean, because this is pretty much the plot to four, right? Yes. Like, isn't this the same it's plot as the four? The only difference between this and four, really, is that in four, the girl was, like, staging her own murder. But she's basically killing for the same reasons. Right. And, and, and we learned more about her and who she was and why than we ever do about fucking amber in this movie and then the weird skeet ulrich ghost which like mikey told me what happens in six and that makes more sense to me because he's the killer from the first one so to have him be like i don't know hun you know you should look into that. like i'm like really like i know this is basically him talking <laughs> as her subconscious yeah yeah so he's not really talking Paige. i get it he's not really talking i understand yeah. but and it's, she never met him she because met she was him. just a fetus when he died right yeah and he was getting defeatus at the time in the original yeah, yeah, yeah. movie but also <laughs> that was the other so okay but it's just a weird inclusion but then on top of that the gap in the plot of her mom drove me fucking insane the entire movie because they just conveniently are like oh she's gone she's at a conference we never learn who she is we don't have a timeline of how this is even possible for her to be the love child when you know i mean i guess he was cheating on sydney obviously or whatever but i'm like so that would have meant that her mom was in the original crew yes no and they're like we're just never going to talk about it and and everyone should just be fine uh, with they met that at camp page they met at camp you don't know her like she lives in canada or whatever like I, it's not uh, a big deal she's in college it's it's whatever yeah i was i was not <laughs> feeling it and here's what i will say and i think this is part of it because we get that crazy long monologue at the end of like this one's for the fans and i was like oh jerk it off whatever but like i think that that's what happened to this movie because there's so many things in it that it's like you have to remember this from all the sequels like if you didn't watch all the sequels yesterday half the references are lost on you 
but that doesn't make for a great movie if you don't have the story to back it up. Right. So basically <laughs> what we're saying is if I drag them to an amusement park all night, they may not like a movie the next day. <laughs> I don't think that that has anything to do with Halloween Horror Night. No, if we had watched Talk to Me instead of what we just watched, I think yeah. I would have still fucking loved it. <laughs> but I, I do think I do think there is room right now in the current horror space for like a like an A-tier slasher franchise. Yes. We cannot hold on to Nightmare and Friday the 13th and all of this for forever. Like, there is room to try some new stuff here and make a new one. I think we have to because right now all we have is, like, the 80s throwback movies, and I'll lump Scream into that even though it's 90s, mm-hmm. that are, like, just straight slashers. And then we also have, and they sort of talk about it in this movie, like, the new generation that is, like, the Babadook and the Witch mm-hmm. and, like, the more emotionally driven horror movies, right? And I think there's a place for those too. It's just Me we too. don't have any like dumb franchises anymore that I mean you can make a well-written slasher. Yeah. You can't. Well, and here we haven't done Freaky, but I really like Freaky and Freaky is a great slasher. That was a, a modern one. I didn't love it, but I do like the, I do like that director. I, yeah. I and I love Happy Death Day. I yes. think there are people who are doing the scream lane like the the fun crazy slashers like malignant to me is that lame oh it's a good version of a crazy slasher well malignant is giallo but i love it Did you say it's giallo giallo it's a giallo film okay so it's like a jello you like uh, a jello fridge and then you eat it uh, it's it's a type of italian slasher that's like overly theatrical so it's okay, different we're than talking ours about a different but... movie because the malignant the, the malignant i'm talking about was an american movie like it, it had kika Wachow in it no, we're, ta- we're talking about the same. It's, a, it's the Jallo style. The Jallo style. It's it's like a specific genre of slasher. Oh, I thought Jallo was like fucking Suspiria or whatever. Suspiria is considered a Jallo film as well because it is. I mean, they kill a bunch of people in that movie too. It's just like the Italians do stuff weirder. Malignant is weirder than a normal yes, slasher. Yes, Malignant is basically an American Jallo film. <laughs> so does that make it not Jallo because it's not Italian? I'm confused by what makes it Jallo. The theatricality of it and the bizarreness of it and the the strange surrealism, the yeah. surrealism, the like emphasis on her emotion and scream, like there's a whole bunch of stuff. But that's te- that's a creature. I would I would argue that's a creature feature anyway. I'm talking about like straight yeah. up, yeah, masked knife killer. I mean, I think that's why I think that's why Terrifier is taken off. I think there is a hunger for new new franchises yes and originality in general i think you could still even do that from an emotional standpoint and still have it be good and have it be a slasher like yeah malignant kicked ass and there's a lot of emotional stuff in that movie i'm sorry it's not it's not really that emotional i loved it it is though because it's like she like she has the whole childhood thing and and her whole grapple with motherhood like there's so much we learn so much more about her and the craziness in Malignant that we learn yeah. about any singular character in this film. Any of them. And it's half an hour longer. I want a variant on the smiley face killer oh. where it's just a dude with a mask killing people he gets mad at from the internet around the country. You mean from Happy Death Day? No, 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 no. Like the real life one. I don't know what you're talking about. There's like this like unconfirmed reports of like this serial killer. There's like these suspicious deaths and there's like a conspiracy theory of this happy face killer. Oh, I've not heard anything about this. But anyway, I, there's just room for a realistic slasher. I just want new stuff. Yeah, same. I love I love the elevated hard. I love it. I love it. But I think there's room for elevated and non-elevated in the modern day. Sure, just... Let's just make it new, like something that's not old. I think Scream 5 gives us a good reason to start making new franchises again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not rehashing the old ones. By the way, the Happy Face Killer 
I believe has been caught. His name was Keith Hunter Jesperson. He was an American and Canadian serial killer who murdered at least eight women in the United States in the early 90s. So it's not unconfirmed. It is actually... It was like unrelated scenes and there'd be like a smiley face in them and they started linking them together. It was something creepy. If I'm not... I'm like half remembering any of this. I could be completely wrong. He was apprehended in 1995. But like, what about like a... You're in a forum, you're arguing like a Reddit or like a, like any sort of internet stuff or like Instagram, and you just have a killer who starts killing people from that kind of stuff. I, I think there's there's space for some of this stuff. You know what would be really cool, and this is sort of in the true crime lane, but someone needs to take like an Israel Keys style yeah. killer and make a series out of that. Not really Israel Keys, but like that premeditated, like literally leaving kill kits around the country, like that kind of shit. Like, that would be cool. I'm obsessed with Lisk right now. That's the one that I'm really invested in because they're, like, digging up his backyard and shit. So, like, you know, but there there is room for slashers, more authentic slashers. But also, I feel like if you made a fucking bonkers, goofy slasher, people would be all over it. Yeah. And it could be its own new thing. Just make it anything. The problem is that they're just they're just not higher enough budget, I guess. I mean, people are making goofy edge slashes, being... but they're too indie. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, so like this movie did make money, but a lot of like the rehashing movies where they're like just, you know, rebooting the same old formula and just like reusing the same characters over and over and over again, like a lot of them are high budget and don't have a huge return like some of the lower budget horror movies right. we've seen that gets like you know, if you make a movie for $3 million and it makes $100 million, that's way better than a movie that cost $58 million to make and made $120 million. Yeah, if you, you make, a, make a barbarian, you know? Exactly. I think we're at the point culturally overall with movies where like I think audiences are younger now and they're like, we want some original ideas here. I think that's why Talk To Me is doing so well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's why Barbie did well. I, we need some originality. Well, Barbie, I yes, but Barbie is a corporate property. So yeah, like, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't mind corporate properties. Try some new ones. I, I, I mean, there's space for all. Like, I cannot go see another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And we're going to do one this year, but it's going to be one of the old ones. But it's like, I don't want to see any more reboots. I'm, I'm done with it. I've seen I've seen the light. I loved Talk to Me last week. I want I want all these. I want I want it to be like the 80s where every week it was like a new a new idea. Yeah, make good movies again. I get it. Yeah. I love Deadstream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just go through this movie scene by scene. Even though it's two hours, it won't take us very long because the majority of that two hours is like really drawn out misleads or eventually getting to the kill. Like When they did four misdirects in a row, oh, Paige. I was ready to like kick my own television and I was so Paige was visibly angry. I was so over it. I could hear her eyes rolling. That was Wes's death. Yeah. When yeah, yeah. they killed Wes. Yeah, man. Oh. But that sort of shit is like what I sort of love about these movies is they just like blatantly disrespect the viewer. Like they don't care about your time. They don't care if you enjoy the story. They just know you're gonna feed the beast because society tells you you have to go see the Scream movie that came out again this year. I just think horror fans love horror. They love the old franchises and it's like really tempting and easy to like dig something up, reanimate it for a bit and do a do like a cash gal, you know? It's a cash grab, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, like this movie is a cash grab. But let's go through it scene by scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the phone rings in the house, and we basically get the same uh, scene we've seen like four times. Uh, so okay, I really liked the beginning of this movie. But Todd called this in like second five. He's like, yeah, she's gonna. But this time she's surviving because it's gonna subverse it. And I was like, well, that's well, not wrong. Yeah, yeah for no, sure. No, I mean, of course. But I, I did like that Ghostface, who is probably Jack at this point, is calling to like do the beginning of the movie the beginning of the movie that's been the beginning of the movie every time we've seen a screen movie okay so i i have thoughts on this okay because it can't be amber right because he's sending footage be. of amber right so it has to be somebody outside of amber's window right we don't know where woodsboro is necessarily but we know that it's far enough away that it would take a kind of farther drive and by the time that they're notif air quotes notifying the sister and wes is notifying sam He's already back there. And we're calling him Jack because it's Jack Quaid, but Richie is his character's name. He's already there at work and has been at work. And I'm not saying that he couldn't have done that. I'm just saying that it's a tough time crunch to make that happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Paige, we're not going to like try and figure out who is who every time we see Ghostface because yeah. I don't even think the writers gave a it's shit. It's got to be the girl. No, it, it can't be it the can't girl, Mikey. It can't be the girl, Mikey. It can't be the girl. Because he's showing footage of Amber, who is the other killer, while he, and we do hear them say this, is back with Sam, Sam Carpenter, her older sister. Right. They were together at the time of the murder. So either the screenwriter doesn't care about I mean Are you fake the footage? Well, no. So we get POV. We get Ghostface POV of yeah. the footage as it's happening. So it has to be him in the moment. Now, I what I do think is I think that Sam gets notified a little later because it's during the day and this happened at night, but that still gives us a very very limited amount of time for this to have taken place if he is one of them. Are you telling me that it takes a long time to go from Woodsboro to Modesto? Have you noticed how long it takes us to get us get anywhere in Los Angeles over the past like three or four days? It's literally taken like 15, 20 minutes everywhere we've gone. It's like traffic's been a breeze. Like everything's well, been It's because we haven't been into Los Angeles yet. No, we've been staying in Burbank like good little babies. Like good little... Tomorrow. We, we will... <laughs> and it'll be the weekend, but we'll, it'll still be a, a jaunt tomorrow. Anyway, so it starts out as a call from somebody who seems to be pretending to be her mom's new friend that she met at group, which is our first indication that... Her mom is potentially at uh, a Narcotics Anonymous or, you know, a 12-step, like, or, or an Alcoholics Anonymous. We will find out later that it is probably AA. But that is what Tara is, like, asking. Like, well, which group is it? Yeah, is it yeah. NA? Is it uh, AA. AA? Is it SA? Like, it could be anything, right? Right. Which, uh, the writer in me is so frustrated by this because if Billy is Sam's father, love child from high school, he dies. Obviously, that's going to be traumatizing AF uh, and dad left over it, which is, again, the timeline on that is very questionable. We can get into it when we get to that point. But so if it's one of the original group that had survived that is now going through this and having that revelation with like working through their trauma and being in AA, that's so interesting. And we don't get any of it because we never identify the fucking mom. Like, we don't know who she fucking is. I super respect a mom who was like, listen, my kid is an adult and almost an adult. 
and they need to figure out their own shit. So like, I don't care if someone's trying to murder them. I am not coming home, even though I've had plenty of time to come no home and be introduced as a character her. in this movie. No one even calls her. Look, you losers. <laughs> Look, you don't become saleswoman of the year by giving up your dreams and going home when a murderer is after your daughters. Mikey, her underage daughter ends up in the fucking hospital multiple times, which means they would have had to contact her. And I know that she's at a convention in London, but she would come home. Paige. Always be closing. Always. <laughs> it is unrealistic. It is the one of the biggest gaping plot holes in this film. They should have just been like, then mom died. Then Yes. Sure. But then you couldn't leave her alone. Then the sister would have to live with You could have opened this film with the dad being murdered, the mom already being dead, and her having to come back for that. Yes, yes, you could have. In fact, that's an easier through line if, for argument's sake, this movie opens with the same phone thing as whatever. It has to. It has to. Yeah. And instead of getting her, they get the dad. In front of her, which would have been really cool and really terrifying. Right? Cool, terrifying, but now we have more of a reason for her and the sister to connect. We have a reason for the sister to come home, and it could have been even simpler of like the sister being in college. But here's the other thing too. You still can have the weird Billy is dad for the older sister. It doesn't change any of that. Like, no. And that like takes care of who the mom is. You could have that reveal happen in this movie page. And then you're like, holy shit, you are Dewey's father or whatever <laughs> it would be. You know, you would have that father reveal that they have in Star Wars too. Like, right, right, then right. it would be complete. Anyway, yeah. I do think that like the Scream movies, if you've gotten to the fifth movie, you are not going to Scream movies because they make any sense at all. Like, I think, I feel like it self-selects yeah. a positive audience for a bonkers dumb movie. And I mean that like respectfully. Like, I dig the Scream movies because they're just like aggressively who cares? Let's just have fun. You know, it's like aggressively that. Yeah. But anyway, let's move back to the plot. Anyway. So in, in this weird exposition dump of a movie that they mistake dialogue for establishing actual characteristics, it <laughs> goes into the whole like, what's your favorite horror movie? But then they draw it out to be some sort of meta commentary on the world of elevated horror where I feel like I am being lectured by a character for 15 minutes while she's just walking around talking to a fucking stranger on the phone. How long would you talk to a stranger? Yeah, The only thing that doesn't work is that it's on the phone. If this was Reddit or Instagram or Facebook, I would argue about horror with these people forever. Sure. I do love that in God's America 2022 people still had home phones. Every single house in this movie has a fucking landline. like, Explain every, it to me. What is happening? Why? It came, it came with my Comcast. I actively <laughs> refused one. Like, that's how little... I'm kidding. Oh. The, this part is supposed to... Is, is trying to, like, capture the argument between classic horror films and like new horror fans and like ugh. it's trying to capture the older style of slashers and be like hey this is what we love and this right. is what the killer loves right and then all the new elevated horror bullshit is what you guys like now you know what and i'm gonna kill you for it like it's like that sort of is what it's what is being established here yeah it's it's, it's trying to trying to capture the fan the fandom fights that we've yes, seen exactly and there's a part of me that's like this movie is very meta but it's not very self-aware no. because there's a part of me that's like if you were a little more self-aware of about this you could use this as a way to just set up people gonna die and it's gonna be fucking crazy yeah but instead we have to listen to 10 minutes 
of like weird quizzes about the Stab franchise that still somehow has eight movies when there's only five Scream movies. And I know I ranted about it last time, but it drives me fucking nuts every time. Well, that's my favorite part is when they talk about the new sequel where he had like a he doesn't even use knives. He uses like a machine gun and stuff like that. I well, was and like, then we, we see the two shot. Katanas. He's got two katanas. Was, I honestly <laughs> wish we had seen Stab 8. Instead of Stab, this, Stab Eight sounds like my favorite. Stab, Stab Eight movie. sounds like it fucking slaps. <laughs> he had two katanas. That sounds great. I want that movie. I do Come want that now. movie. I want that movie a lot. Anyway, she talks to, and I, and there's a part of me that's like, you gotta tell your kids not to tell strangers everything about them because, like, she's on the phone and she's just like, she practically gives the guy her address. She's like, I live in Wardsboro. We blah blah, blah. and I'm like. What? That's because she spent her teenage years in COVID lockdown. Yeah, apparently. But anyway, she's also texting her friend Amber and trying to tell Amber to come over. Now, here's one that actually does work. Because Amber is the killer, and this is not a cloned phone, this is Amber. So that holds up, at least. Like, that's one that we can explain away once we know what happened. But we still can't explain how it's Jack as the killer when they say later, like literally 10 minutes after this, that he was with Sam at the time his, her younger sister was attacked. Right, right, as an alibi, yeah. So, like, aggressively in the first 10 minutes of this movie, he can't be the killer. But they could have just had us suspect him the whole time. They tried to have us suspect him anyway, so why not just go that, go that far? Yeah, well, and uh, so he does send the video of Amber, which they could have pre-recorded and probably did. That's probably your explanation there, right? But... He's calling from Amber's phone. Amber's not at the house, so she doesn't know what's going on. So the fact that they're kind of working this, like, is he at her house already or is he at Amber's house? It's a, it's murky, is all I'm saying. It's not a clear through line. But this is where I look at something like a Knives Out, right? That is a whodunit, like this movie claims that it wants to be, that actually makes more sense and, and still manages to fool you, right? So, like, you're still figuring it out. It's not obvious, but then it also makes sense when you go back through it. Yeah, this movie's not trying to be that. Knives Out is more akin to Agatha Christie than this is. This here is just, we're going to kill some people. You're going to sit quietly for two hours. And at the end, nothing's going to make sense. But you will have given me $35. Like, that is all this movie is. But the, the movie itself says, we are a, a whodunit. In the multiple times in the film. Yeah, they do say that. <laughs> it drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> I think at the end of a whodunit, you have to be like, oh my God, it could have been that person. And I never suspected it. In this movie, it couldn't have been any of the people it turns out to be. But that is a scream marker. Like that is what makes a scream movie is that the killer can't have been the killer. I, I am fine if they're like do the flashback to prove how this happened. Yes, like, right. That's what I want. Mm, that's the one element that is missing from these movies where you're like, this couldn't have happened. And they're like, no, just trust us, it did. Like, I like the the knives out where it's like, now flashback, this is how it really happened. Or a clue, you know? Yeah, yeah like or, movies that actually put in the work to explain the story. Yeah, like good movies. Yeah, you're, you're, you're describing good movies. Mike. Well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is space in a movie to be like, you thought you saw something this way, but this is what you actually saw. Right. From a different perspective. Yes. That's how it begins to make sense. Right. Like if we had, like we had that like killer view through the window, if we saw that she had set up a tripod out there, like the, that makes a lot more sense. Or like if we saw him driving or like so many things that you could flash back to and be like, here's how it works that I'd be like, 
hell yes and i i'd be on board yeah. but because we it just makes no sense because like they could have done a flashback where jack quaid drugged her during the time he went down there and came back and like she woke up to the phone call yes. or something and it had been like boom yeah yeah yeah. like she woke up next to him and doesn't realize he's been gone all night like any number of those things can explain a lot of this away for me <laughs> yeah but if you have to listen to a mediocre podcast to fill in plot holes that are not described in the movie you've written a bad movie guys yeah and i say all that after saying i liked this movie because i like the swing that this movie takes it's just crazy give me one parker posey scene and this movie's a 10 out of 10 for me i mean to me it's i think the last jedi is the perfect parallel to this film thank you the only thing that would have made it even more last jedi if sydney was still alone still unhappy still miserable hiding in a sewer somewhere waiting to murder somebody <laughs> Didn't Halloween do that, Mikey? <laughs> Mikey, instead it was Dewey in a trailer. Like you still got that. That was still in this movie. I need justice for Dewey. Fuck this. I was so mad about that. I was, I was so, so mad about mad. it. It was like Luke just dissipated into the wind for no reason. It, his death would have meant so much more if he was happily ever after with Courtney Cox and they both it came would back. have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It also would have meant more if he sacrificed himself mm-hmm. in some way. For Courtney Cox or for someone else. Which mm-hmm. he does not in this movie. Nope. The killer's down. They could have gotten away and he's like, no. I have to die in this scene. So he walks back and gets stabbed. Yeah. Spoiler alert for probably an hour in this podcast later. Anyway, uh, much like every other Scream movie, she's like, wait, um, I'll answer questions. Um, Okay, so I trivia, the recap, so everyone remembers the movies. And then she gets one wrong because she forgets that there's two killers, which again is this movie being like, haha, wink, wink, there's two killers. And I'm like, no shit, I know. It's a scream movie. Of course, there's two killers. Um, and she gets stabbed, and he breaks her foot. That's pretty brutal. The kill, the kills, and the fights are real brutal in this film. The, some of the like when um, Wes gets stabbed through the neck, like I was squirming. Like that yeah. shit That's was cool. gross. That looked so fake. That one really didn't work for me. But the one where he gets stabbed through cheek to cheek, I was like, all right, yeah. Wrecking with a dream style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She somehow survives because he just leaves her alive well i mean he did stab her a shitload of times like there's plenty of times where like killers will try and kill someone sure, and they will sure. think they've killed them and then they like leave the scene and the person's not quite dead and they survive like that does happen and i sort of like that she survived in this oh, because yeah. that does sort of sort of subvert the normal scream intro which i like when movies do that especially sequels like this no complaints on the fact that she survives more complaints right. on his skills as a killer check bruh if everyone in this movie checked to make sure people were dead a lot fewer people would die well okay so i'll argue that jack quaid's character wasn't trying to kill her he was trying to bring his girlfriend back to westboro or what woodsboro or whatever and so he planned to almost kill her i guess but then how could you like you eat that You'd have to make sure the ambulance got there in time. She didn't lose enough blood and you didn't hit any organ. Like you could never. It's impossible. No. And if she died, the sister would probably still come back. Like, so like, anyway, it's almost like there's no causality to this movie at all. Regardless. That's like killing the mom or the dad would have been better. Yeah. Like killing the dad, like having the dad die on X. Um, So we cut to Modesto where her sister is. Now, again, Woodsboro has been established to, I believe, be in California because they have driven 
like every time every anyone is somewhere else like when sydney is kind of away in i don't remember if it was three or four plus three when she was three yeah yeah yeah, and then they're in hollywood instead of woodsboro so like it's somewhere but like how close how long of a drive is that we don't know because we didn't have the pch baby it's close it's fine yeah don't worry about it you can drive from the modesto bowling alley the strike and spare all the way to the woodsboro hospital in like 20 minutes tops apparently apparently (laughs) and also again have an alibi that doesn't make sense but um this is also where we so we meet sam she gets the the info from wes I think trying to make it seem like Wes is the killer, which is, you know, what we were kind of thinking about for a, a good portion of the movie. And it would actually have maybe made more sense. Just saying. Oh, because Dewey was actually Wes's father. I really yeah, liked it our does f- make more sense. <laughs> our fan fiction that we came up with in my living room where we're like, OK, <laughs> like pause the movie. So what they if- <laughs> would do all this and look at me and be like, are we right? I'm like, I can't talk about that <laughs> Yeah, because we knew you had seen it. Uh, I'm honestly glad you didn't tell us because I would have been livid the whole time watching the movie instead of just at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Justice for Dewey. Yeah, I was very pissed. Anyway, not only do we first meet Sam, but we also see her taking medication, which we will find out is an antipsychotic. And she does take it throughout most of the film. And it seems to not be effective because she still sees Billy everywhere. We only really see him in the first act uh, and then again in the third act. But yeah, it's very much like just her inner monologue talking through the yeah. Billy now de-aged skeet ulrich you know yeah well and and here's the thing the de-aging don't look good so he looks like modern day skeet ulrich and i was just like he died as a teenager i don't anyway i mean he looked old as af in that first scream so i I mean here's what i'm gonna advocate for the doctor sleep treatment where you cast actors that look a lot like people that can just perform really well and kind of live in those characters and we all just accept the realism that it's not going to be that person but accept the performance they tried it with han solo and it ruined it for everyone else which is a bummer because it really did work in Dr. Sleep. I think Dr. Sleep is way better than the original Shining. Yeah. I, I mean, I disagree with you on that. Welcome to this episode where we try to make everyone angry. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is replacing those performers allowed for better and more authentic performances as opposed to just trying to de-age people. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Wes calls and is like, Tara was attacked. She's alive and in bad shape. Uh, do they know who did this? And it's like, oh, it's Ghostface. Uh, so Sam piles Richie into her car to go home. Now, here's my question. And what probably happened is Richie was like, I want to support you, so I'm going with you. But if you had only been dating someone for six months and a family issue of this magnitude happened, are you taking them with you? Yes or no? Paige, I am a very supportive person. So if this happened, what I would say is, oh, man, that's crazy. Call me when you get up, get back. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think me, Mikey, is going to take someone I've been dating for six months home? Mikey, that would be a record for you. <laughs> yeah. I've never done that without a tragedy, much less with one. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if I really like them, they may have come with me. But I probably would, too. Have I taken them home before? If not, probably not. That's a weird circumstance to bring them home. You have not brought them home before because you were estranged, right? So, like. In this movie, yeah. That's true. Well, then maybe you may want them to come with you if you're estranged. I don't know. Maybe that that makes sense. I guess I I could see it from that angle. For for me, at six months, uh, unless it's been a a fucking phenomenal six months, 
that no i'm going home and i will call you <laughs> yeah if it's, a, if it's a normal six months they're probably not even gonna want to go yeah because i'm like how many dates have you feasibly been on in six months to be like come meet my entire family in their worst day my sister almost got murdered i haven't seen her in five years we have to go back and totally go to the hospital right shouldn't your mom take care of that <laughs> yep Yep, she should. <laughs> she has to get the highest bonus to get a pool for the backyard. I like that you're just making up that she's a saleswoman. Like, that was, that's not in the movie. They don't yeah, tell us. She's just in London and aggressively hates her daughters. Yeah, I, can, I could not believe, because this movie takes place over multiple days. And I get like, hey, it's London, so it's far away. So it would probably take her a day or two to get back. I get that. But if your daughter, first of all, that you left at home alone, questionable decision first, but she's a little older of a teenager, whatever. But if I got hurt in the way that she got hurt, I'm a full grown adult and my parents would be on a plane tomorrow, like immediately. Even if they were in London. Yes. I'm a giant baby. I was like, hey, I have a sinus infection. Can you bring me some soup? But Mikey, your mom lives 30 minutes door to door. Like, I will grant that it would take one or two days to get home from London. But this movie takes place over five, six days. Well, she had to win saleswoman of the year. She's not going to. She worked that hard. She has to receive the award. Bullshit. Accept it in absentia. They do it for the Oscars. They would do it for this. So, like, it's not my like. I, when my asthma got really bad a few years ago, my dad dropped everything and showed up. Full-blown adult. Full-grown adult. With my own insurance. It's not even his insurance. Let's full analyze this woman. In high school, she was dating a guy, cheated on that guy, got pregnant by the other guy, and then had the first guy marry her in high school to take care of that baby. But I Mikey, see where this is going. I'm thinking that maybe, maybe she's not phenomenal. That's fair. But Mikey, <laughs> you explained it clearer than this movie does because you included details this movie didn't include. No, it includes those details, but they're like spaced out and weirdly whispered sometimes. And so like you have to piece it together. I piece it together this viewing. My, oh, okay. So it took uh, up until this to get uh -huh. it all? Okay. I'll, I'll accept your, your listing then. Well, they, they have like side conversations but they're quick and it's like sometimes the killer's chasing them while they're having it so it's like mom cheated on dad in high school and blah, 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 blah. and it's a it's a little far-fetched but she straight up picked her boyfriend she did him dirty because he didn't know about it well that's why he left yeah which also he's still alive and out there somewhere and his daughter that's definitely his daughter is yes. in the hospital where the fuck is he where the fuck is he is that his daughter it's not billy loomis's because that dude was already dead yes. it's not billy loomis's but she's a traveling sales lady we don't know that she's a sales lady, but she does travel. But from what we understand, yes, it is his daughter. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Sam gets to the hospital. Um, but as that's happening, her house is now a crime scene and her friends are kind of in and around. And this is where we learn that the deputy from the last movie is now the sheriff and her son is the one that's been calling 
Sam. Once Sam gets there, as she's inter- introducing people to Richie, we also find out that Sam is the older sister and was the babysitter for this crew of youngins, essentially. So everyone knows Sam already, even though she's been estranged for five years. Right. Now, they also introduce this idea of, like, will you enable locations on your phone, which is how somebody gets killed later, but it's literally just a throwaway line here. It's that scene that all the screen movies have where they all gather together, like, these are all the... Yeah. No, is, it, is that the scene? No, that's not this. This is after they collect Dewey. Oh, it's the picnic table in front of the school from the first one scene. It is. Yes, it is that yes. version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And this is also where we get the brief, like, conference in London, which, again, doesn't explain why she's gone for fucking days. Well, there's no airplanes in the Scream world. She had to take an ocean liner. (laughs) Oh, God. She's on a three-week steamer trip across the Atlantic right now, frantically trying to get back. She took Titanic 4 back home as soon as she could, yes. (laughs) So this is also where... In this scene where she's talking about how she babysat all of them, that Amber is like, she's actually not that cool. Like, but and for no reason, we never elaborate on it. It's just her being like, maybe I'm the killer, <laughs> like in the middle of this movie. Anyway, they all are kind of like hanging out and Liv, who is one of them, I guess, hooked up with a guy over the summer. He shows up and that dude is literally in two minutes of this movie because he like shows up he's in town and then he shows up later when they're all like hanging out at the local bar at the local bar but they're teenagers but he's also outside against a wall that has a visible seam that drove Todd and I crazy. He's basically just a ripoff of the brother from Stranger Things. And like, wouldn't it be cool to have a character like that in our movie? Oh, God, the brother from Stranger Things. Fuck me up over that one. Like, He's really I, good, though. Yeah. Like, that actor's really good. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was in Smile. Like, yeah, he's he was in really a bunch of stuff. Good. Um, but yeah, he's criminally underutilized in this because he gets killed immediately. But they're like, he's probably the killer. Well, not a, yeah, because you first meet him and you're like, oh, is that the killer? Uh, but then they kill him immediately, and immediately they're just like, turns out he was related to somebody else from the beginning. And I'm like, fuck this movie. Yeah, literally everyone involved what? in this movie is related to someone, like biologically related to somebody I think he's in Stu's the first movie. Nephew. He's Stu's nephew. Stu was one of the original kids killers if anyone's paying attention right exactly so he's Stu's nephew but then in and this oh god you could have kept him alive and it would have made more fucking sense because amber unrelated to Stu, lives in Stu's house amber's the one that's not related to anybody so the fact that they were just like oh it's all the people related to them so who's not related amber clearly you're the killer like they don't really explain how amber came to live in Stu's house just that her parents bought it and that made her interested in the murders but you have a relative of Stu's there in the story that you just like dropped in and immediately killed why (laughs) like just to be able to say oh that's killing people that are related i was like what it's connected (laughs) to the first film yeah somehow palpatine's returned the entire time (laughs) that they are in the hospital Richie is conveniently watching all the stab movies on Netflix, which is your one comic relief of the film. He is actually very, very funny in these scenes, but they treat these scenes like, oh, well, he was conveniently out of the room and that's why he could be the killer. And it's like, we saw him watching Netflix. Yeah. We saw his alibi. (laughs) He actually can't be the killer in this movie because we saw where he was 
Well, and we also know in the first murder, it wasn't Amber because she was on video and he was with Sam at the time the attack happened. Or so she says, like for some reason she might be wrong or whatever. But from what if we have to take what's on the screen and what she says, yes, you're right. I know. Like, that's yeah. Yes, listeners. <laughs> I sat through all two hours of this. I'm sorry. It's just this movie ruined the suspension of disbelief. And then once that's ruined, you can't get it back. No, honestly, this movie felt to me like Strangers. Which is a movie we talked about when we did our um, The Dark and the Wicked. I, we tore the shit out of Strangers. I know, because Strangers is legit just a very bad movie. Like, not even a bad horror movie. Like, it's executed very poorly. And this is not executed poorly, because some of the shots are cool, some of the fights are cool, but the writing is just god-awful. And, like, I sort of respect that on some level. Like, they just know we don't care. And I say that as someone who doesn't care. I, I sort know. of like this movie. But horror fans, we, we do. We can demand better. Yes, thank you. Um, I will argue that with the amount of money this movie made, y'all don't give a shit. You'll say you do, but you're going to see Scream 6. A hundred percent. But I do feel like they do the next one better. The, I mean, when you told me that Billy like angel on her shoulder billy shows up in the next one and is like you should kill again i was like okay i could hear that like i'm oh he goes that. even deeper he's like remember when it felt like to like see the life leave his body wasn't that great and she's like i gotta go to therapy see i'm here for that i'm here for that 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i think you'd like it does this i do like this movie because it sets up the next one and possibly more that are different than the originals this one held on too hard yeah but Mikey, in the next one, do they do the same thing of like, it's two killers, but it doesn't make any sense that it's two killers? Is it still fucking Ghostface? No. We'll cover six when we cover six. Let's just finish this movie. Yeah. So, anywho. So, Ghostface calls Sam at this point at the hospital and comes to like fight Sam and leaves. Now, I think we're su- this is supposed to be richie because he was already in the hospital and he shows up right after but we saw him watching fucking netflix i have a theory about this oh tell me it's not richie and it's not amber in that ghost face suit tell me more it's billy loomis and she is full on oh she's hallucinating it yeah hallucinating it that'd be so much better for me i i like hey i am here for a hallucinated ghost face like the real killer was their mom all all the time i love it she is gonna get the (laughs) super saiyan slasher trophy no matter what she does she always she went to london (laughs) yeah a b k wait (laughs) it doesn't work mikey anyway so after that kind of happens she's like i gotta go tell my my younger sister what's up and why this person is after us uh so she's like hey turns out dad's not my dad he's maybe your dad but my dad was the serial killer that mom cheated on dad with in high school sorry and literally like she's telling people this and everyone's just kind of like huh weird no one thinks anything of it like no one reacts well, the, the smaller sister like is like you need to get the fuck out oh yeah 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 she does she she's gets like mad. get you out you mean the younger sister yeah yeah most people were like how i would react if someone had, if i had that conversation in front of me i'd be like oh shit yeah this is amazing what yeah like i have so many questions but instead they show up to dewey's house or dewey's trailer which how did they find it who i mean i guess they asked around i don't know but so they go to dewey's trailer and they're like yo dewey 
I am Billy Loomis's daughter. Dewey has no further questions. Yeah, Dewey throws the stab mask off the cliff. That's a Last Jedi reference. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I've tried to block out most of Last Jedi, so like I can. I hate this because Dewey's in. He's like Dewey's depressed. He's an alcoholic. He's not married to Gail anymore. He doesn't talk to anybody. He lives in a trailer. He seems miserable, and he's like uh, very unhappy. Right. Just like Luke Skywalker was yes. in the sequels. Yes. This is Mikey from Harvard, I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Harvard here <laughs> talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50. To get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, but as they're talking, Sam doesn't know how the other kill is related yet. And literally, it's a throwaway line in like the scene after this. They're like, oh, he was the nephew or whatever. Yeah. But I do like that Dewey in this scene is like, never trust the love interest, which, of course, we'll we'll find out that that's true. Uh, And it has been true every time. And no one else feels the need. For all the rules they go through, no one talks about it. You're statistically most likely to be killed by your significant other. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Which is why they won't be killing me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So Mikey's inability to hold down a relationship is really just a protection mechanism from him being murdered by his spouse. Yeah, but this is why Jake and I have batlets and we we like prep on our couch gladiator style so that the survival of the fittest is ensured. Oh, that makes sense. Anyway, so... Uh, they talk to Dewey and Dewey's like, sorry, I'm out. Uh, and then texts Sydney and is just like, hey, yo, Sydney, it's happening again. Dewey, the goofiest character from the franchise is like, gruffly voice like, I don't want to get pulled back into all this. And you're like, this is not yeah. Dewey. I think he, he does a great job acting in this movie, which I will say is very unlike Dewey. But like he does some like really strong emotional work in the scene. Like when he calls Nev Campbell and has that conversation with her on the phone and he's like, he's like really struggling to like talk to her about this. I was like, fuck, when did David Arquette take acting lessons? Like he crushed it. I think after they got divorced, he was like, I've got free time. <laughs> um, and 
he kind of gives them some of the rules, which is, I know it's a scream trope, and so I kind of just have to accept it, but the amount of, I will say, media literacy that every character seems to have around the history of films and how to escape or survive a film like Dewey makes a little bit more sense because he's been through this is now five right right um, but then when we just like turn to that other character whose name I don't remember and she's just like all right here's a lecture on how this happens and it's like when Jamie Kennedy did this in the first movie like everyone else was like, what are you talking about? Not only was everyone else like, what are you talking about? He was an active character that they had laid the foundation for him to do that in like before we got to that scene. And that scene happened at like the end of act two. But the person who's having this conversation in that scene is his niece. Yeah. So that's why she's obsessed with it and the rules because they are related. Like everyone is related to someone in the original movies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and also made up a bunch of random rules. Like the ones in the original screen were like established rules that everyone kind of was like, oh yeah, that's right. It, they is were, this. it was a play on slasher tropes. Yeah. 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 And this is just like, we just say anything now. <laughs> well, they talk about, they talk about gritty remakes. The most yeah. meta of the conversations we have. Right. Because it becomes one. You're living yeah. in one. Yeah. Or whatever they say in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. So Dewey tells Sydney not to come there. And I thought for a hot second that Nev Campbell was going to be like, all right, I won't. Bye. And I was like, what a healthy journey for you. <laughs> I would have lost my mind like in a great way if we only see Nev Campbell on that phone call and we only see Gail when he's watching her on TV. <laughs> like aggressively don't so include funny. those characters. And I realized that that like, there was a lot of drama when Nev Campbell wasn't in scream six. I haven't even seen scream six. And I remember there's it. drama now people, cause people want her back in the franchise. I actually like scream six better without her in it because it gives it the freedom to do different things. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they show up to because they're like, well, Dewey didn't help us. Now we go to the friends, right? Because if the friend group, it's always somebody in the friend group. Let's go there. And Dewey does show up like he immediately followed them out there. Um, and this is where we have the like meeting of the minds of like, here are the tropes that we're going to talk about. You're related. You're related. And then they they do throw some like ryan johnson shade of like yeah except for that requel that like the knives out guy directed i was like oh so did it make sense anyway <laughs> so and this is where they also go on a tirade about what's wrong with elevated horror <laughs> it's just like the whole thing but so this is a huge lecture about a requel and so they're like okay so we're in a fan fiction so now the question is who's next and they never answer it even though it is kind of like if based on your rules it's kind of easy to see. And also this is happening way too early in the movie because there's just not much story to the movie, right? Anyway, so Sam leaves because they basically are like either you're the killer or you're next, which doesn't fully make sense, but okay, whatever. Yeah. So Sam leaves with, with Richie, who's been there the whole time. We cut to the deputy's house. There's no real understanding of what time this is, but it's implied that it's Wes coming home from the house where we just were. But she's leaving to go to work. He's getting in the shower. She's driving Ghostface calls and she immediately turns around, goes back to the house and is instantly killed by Ghostface. And then we begin a just so 20 long. It's a 20 minute kill scene. It's a 20 minute misdirect. It's not even a fight. Yeah, it's 20 minutes of a guy wandering around his own house. All and all of this is shot like it's in real time, right? 
So yes. his mother is dead in broad daylight outside their house in suburbia, and the cops never show up. By who? Ghostface, Paige. Yes, I know. But like, we know that Richie is off with Sam. So it can't be him, right? We know where he is. Oh, it can't be either of them. Yeah, because Amber was at the thing. So she would have either had to beat Wes home, which I guess maybe she could have, or follow him home, or like sneak up after, but then wait for the mom. But then also- Be taller than Wes? Because the killer's (laughs) taller than Wes? Yeah, I mean, like Paige, you were looking for causality in a a movie that aggressively says, fuck you if you're looking for causality. I know. So like- Let's just like sit back and enjoy it. That's why I like these movies because in an Agatha Christie movie or even book, like it makes sense. So logically it's fun to try and figure it out. Like in this, it takes away all the pressure from like having to guess and be like, no, I think it's this guy. I think it's this guy. It's basically like who shot Mr. Burns, which is a dated reference, but it takes a dated reference. No. Yeah. It like doesn't matter. But also who's who shot Mr. Burns makes fucking sense. Well, they do do a flashback. (laughs) But here's my thing. The thing that I enjoy about movies like this is trying to figure it out out and this movie not only doesn't reward it it penalizes me for doing so but i saw all the sequels i know that that's how it works i Uh, I would argue if you're watching the fifth scream movie and you're like trying to figure it out like you're not doing scream right like you just sit back and relax and just watch the bonkers in this unfold that is true we didn't make that decision i did i made that decision so i that's how i watched the film you two got forced anyway so he eventually gets killed after he opens every cabinet in the damn house. Every Just single like fucking a teenager. Cabinet. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure he unloaded the entire dishwasher. Like he pulled <laughs> out like a Stouffer's meal. Like, this yeah. whole 20 minutes is if you watch the Big Brother feed 10 years ago when every other housemate but one was asleep. I don't know what happened. I'm an old man. My references are old today. I'm so sorry. Mikey is like 30 seconds away from bringing up the dot-com guy. Like, that is how dated his references are right now. And I love that you're laughing right now, but like only people in their late 30s are laughing with us. Well, Russell Brand's in trouble and he hosted Big Brother, so maybe it's current events. Hmm. That's a stretch. Anyway, I give it to you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, ba- based on what I assume is a, is a very confusing text from Dewey, Gail shows up to the crime scene. Uh, and so does Sam. Uh, and Sam is just like, oh, no. Okay, bye. I have to go somewhere else. <laughs> but this is where Dewey and Gail have their kind of moment of like, well, you never you, like you were happiest when you were writing and you're not writing anymore. But like I made my choices and you moved and blah, 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 blah. This is also where everyone else kind of congregates around this house and they're like, OK, but in Stab, the kill count is this. And Sam recognizes the police officer that was in the hospital guarding her sister. Yes. And is like, if you're here, who's in the hospital? So she runs to the hospital now the sister tara wakes up and is like um there's no one here in this hospital which again if there's no one on that floor of the hospital and they've already killed the guards and they they just were waiting they weren't going to kill her like why even anyway and also who is there doing it we just saw other characters other places fuck anyway so uh they're all headed to the hospital to try and help her out meanwhile tara undoes her iv gets in the wheelchair and she's trying to escape from ghostface on her own 
right? Uh, she tries to steal the gun from the cop, but there isn't one. Well, and the cop's dead on the floor, but like, yeah. Right. Uh, she opens a door and hits Richie, who is somehow back in the hospital, uh, I guess was kind of looking for her. But either way, Dewey and Sam arrive without Richie. So it's unclear where Richie has been, who he left with, because it looked like he left with Sam, but then apparently he didn't because he's not with her later. Anyway, we can't. It's too much. Anyway, so Dewey and Ghostface fight while everyone else just stands the fuck around watching. Um, this is the part that drove me crazy. So Ghostface chases them. Dewey turns back around and starts wrestling. There's five other people with them. Who aggressively aren't doing shit. <laughs> yes, they just let Dewey die. They're like, yo, this is crazy, dog. Like, Dewey is fighting Ghostface in front of us. Well, Dewey shoots Ghost. Is this when he dies? Yes. Yeah, Dewey shoots Ghostface a bunch of times. They go to get in the elevator. He's like, I got to shoot him in the head. And instead of just walking up and straight shooting him in the head, like immediately, he takes a sweet ass time, gets out of the elevator and then immediately gets got. But Paige, his phone rang. And because he can't not answer a phone call from Gail. Did yeah. you guys see it was Gail? That yeah, I know. See, it was yeah. Gail. It's so poetic or whatever. And like. He, of course, of course, gets stabbed in the stomach and in the spine. Right. Uh, like he gets spit roasted from his stomach to his back. It's a cool. I mean, it's a cool death, but I hated it. I hated it. Yeah, nah, it's a waste. It is just as bad as when Luke, quote, dies. in Star Evaporated. Wars. Yeah. So yeah. dumb. It's such a waste. And if he had died sacrificing himself to save Gale. Or anybody, really, I'd be like, that actually rings true for Dewey as a character. Like, because he was always trying to protect people. In this situation, he was just like, I'm going to go I'm gonna murder somebody yeah. in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them says, don't do, don't go out there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's such a waste. Yeah. Now, that would have had to have been Amber, right? Because Richie's in the elevator with them. But what do they go to next? Immediately, they're like, oh, we forgot your inhaler. We have to go to Amber's house. At Amber's house, inexplicably, there's a giant party. This is the part where I fell asleep. And I do know that at one point I woke up and I was like, why are they having a giant party? And you guys were like, I don't know. And then I fell back asleep. I actually do know, but it will offend you. Okay. They are celebrating the life of Wes having like a party like this. Okay. It's a wake. It's a high school okay. wake. Oh, that makes more mm -hmm. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Anyway, thus begins... A, a wild disjointed party scene where like three groups of characters are traveling to a place in cars for wait what happened i'm laughing i'm so sorry we're making such good time it's so funny i'm laughing because we're an hour and 20 minutes into this recording and we're in the final scene <laughs> of the movie and this isn't no, this no, is the no. last 30 minutes of the movie yeah this, this is, is 30, 30 minutes. fucking minutes i know i know but it all takes place in this at this yes. setting at this time right right so, right like, right this is how much plot there actually is in this two in this hour movie. movie yeah yes yeah it's essentially an a scooby-doo cartoon that like yes that they padded two to hours. two hours yeah well and especially because of this peak peak behind the curtain <laughs> peak behind the curtain mikey is on call and has had to take a number of calls during this yes. recording which means yeah. We're at an hour and 23 minutes, but that's actually more like an hour max. And we're almost done with the movie because that's how little plot is in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a literal party. And we're now we're with all the kids that we literally haven't seen for 30 minutes because we saw them at the beginning and then we abandoned them. And then now they're back. Since we have time, I will discuss my problem <laughs> with 
having too many legacy characters yes. because you focus too hard on them. They are, they tug at your nostalgia strings. You don't give a shit about all of these characters. They don't have enough screen time and you don't right. have the emotional connection to care about them. Correct. Oh no. I mean, when all the kids die, like the younger generation of kids die, not all of them, but like a lot of them do die in this scene. I was like, who is this person again? Well, then at the end, when a couple of them live, you, yeah, I was like, gonna say, oh, Todd, cool. most of them don't fucking yeah. die. <laughs> but but then but then you two were like, oh, cool, that guy lived. The kill count of this scream movie is offensively low. Like that most Actually, of them fucking speaking live. Speaking of kill count, they're in this movie. I Dead know, Meat's I saw in that. This movie. I Which saw I that. Think, I think that's awesome. Like, I love that Dead Meat was in this movie. I was very excited for them. I would do fucking. I would Phantasm be in so nine. many. Yeah, I, would, I mean that's I what I'm talking. Yeah, I, I want to do, do Phantasm sixty nine all uh, graveyard yes. all the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. I honestly, movie producers, I do it. Put us in it. Let's go. Anyway, we cut to the party where all the the teens that we have not really gotten to know in this film are all like one of them is trying to hook up and he's like, well, I don't know if you're the killer. And so she runs off and then uh, Amber's maybe trying to hook up with another girl or like lives hooking up with another. It's, it's really unclear. It's very, it's a whole bunch of, no, no, no. It's the Billy. Is it Liv? No, Liv uh, I, I see. This is the problem. I don't know any other names. The girl who is the, the niece of Jamie Kennedy's character. Jamie Kennedy. Yes. It's she Liv- gets all the screen time. And then yes. the two sentences you hear from each teenager is their defining characteristic. So the one the one guy, the jock, yeah. he w- wanted to have sex in the beginning. The, his girlfriend's now like, let's go have sex. He's like, I don't want to go. I think you're the killer. That causes it. So literally the only thing we ever know about these characters is what happens now. Right. And she knows about movies, and she's like, I'm not going out of the basement because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about movies. And you're like, you don't give a crap about any of them because they've had two sentences to define their whole character. Yeah. yeah so Randy's niece is like explaining all of the rules like Randy was. Chad, who is the jock, Mikey, is Randy's nephew because he's mm, brother, their brother and Mandy, sister, right? Yeah. And he is like on the couch making it out with Liv, who is his, I think, recently new girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. And he won't go have sex with her because he's like, I'm like 98% sure you're not the killer, but also not going to chance it. And so she gets mad and leaves and he goes after her. Right. And somehow they do a location thing with the phone to kind of lure him outside to go air quotes make up with her. But also how? Because clearly Jack Quaid doesn't work at the bowling alley. He works at like Verizon or some shit and can just spoof any phone. like Just like tech crimes detective or whatever. Like yes. he, he works at the FBI. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking wild. <laughs> anyway, uh, he... The kid, the jock goes outside. He is killed in short order. He tries to undo the location so he can hide. But it, it turns out he's not dead. But we won't find that until later. Right, but he does get stabbed quite a few times. Like he gets stabbed probably as much as Jenny Ortega does at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, easily. Or Jenna uh, Ortega. This, right. And at this point, Richie decides that he's going to end the party as the adult and be like, everyone get out because, you know, somebody's been stabbed. Well, I don't think they, I don't think he even knows Chad's been stabbed. It's just that Jenna Ortega gets home from the hospital or not home, but they're going to get her spare inhaler because that's super important to get before she leaves town. And they're trying to, like, get the fuck out of Dodge. Right. So. When they all get there, Jack Quaid is like, okay, everyone has to leave. We're going to find your inhaler because we don't know he's a bad guy yet. And we're going to leave. Well, okay, Todd, hear, hear me out. 
And I know, again, causality, because Amber's in the basement, because with Liv, she kind of does a fake out of like, who's the killer? Or or with the other, the sister, who's the killer? I'm the killer. Just kidding. I'm not the killer or whatever. So she couldn't be outside stabbing. But then Richie is with Jenna Ortega. I and know. It, so he couldn't stab. Who killed him? And we can't. I mean, we can. We've got time. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like now we're just looking for like for this to make sense. And aggressively, I know, it's not going to make sense. Like that is what Scream does. Anyway, so they kind of clear the house. Uh, they try to to blame Liv. It's not Liv. Liv is clueless. And this is where like somehow Sydney and Gail, who have kind of been like separate from this whole thing yeah. and operating on their own are just like, it's got to be that house because like, that's where it all went down. They're tracking the main character's car or phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gail put a tracker on it. Exactly. And then they see where that, like, the house is, like, where they stopped. And they're like, yeah. this is the big reveal. It is the big right. reveal that it is the house from the first one. And they do a really cool, like, reveal shot of the house. And you're like, sure. oh, shit. I guess I do recognize that house. But this house is aggressively on a soundstage. But it looks exactly like the original one. Yeah. Anyway, so at this point, there's a killer on the loose and they all kind of scatter through the house because they're all accusing each other of being the killer. At one point, Richie acu- tells Sam, he's like, hey, I think your younger sister's the killer. Maybe that's who. Well, and it's not her. It's him. So like, whatever. He's going to lie. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Amber accuses Sam of being the killer and she's like, just kidding, you're not. It's me. Amber shoots Liv. Liv is fucking toast. Just like gone. Yeah, she gets shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and at this point, we know that Amber is one of the killers because she aggressively right. shoots her friend in the dome. Right. So they scatter, right? Gail and Sydney show up and Amber shoots Gail. And Sydney is and Amber just lets Gail bleed out on the lawn as Sydney is just like, no, you go to the hospital and I'll finish it for Dewey. And I'm like, there's a bitch with a gun standing two feet away. Why is she not finishing this shit off? This scene is so funny to me because Amber comes out. She's like, oh, my God, I've been stabbed or whatever. And they're like, it's a trap, right? It's totally a trap. And instead of like just shooting her because they know it's a trap, they right. wait for her to shoot Gail. And well, the they stomach. don't know 100 percent, I don't think, you know, Yeah, if you just shot a teenager randomly. <laughs> no. at, at this point, I'm clear in the house like an FBI agent. I'm just like shooting everybody and we're going to fucking figure it out in post. You know what I'm saying? Shoot her in the leg or something. I think, I think they thought the killer threw her outside and was like waiting at the yes. door or something yeah maybe that like yeah. this feels like a trap okay sure sure, sure. but they await t- they wait till she gets gail shot in the stomach and then gail just lays down for like 15 until minutes? she's needed in the house later for the script exactly guys gail has the way for her healing factor to kick in because as you see at the <laughs> very end she heals from all gunshots yeah she's just chilling she's just like yeah no my intestines are a fucking pink mist but everything's fine she aggressively has a through and through there is multiple holes in her small intestine and she is bleeding to death (laughs) and she is aggressively just chilling not even like in the back of an ambulance just like hanging out at the end of this movie yeah so they go through the house (laughs) everyone's kind of scattered sam is looking through the house she finds tara and she hesitates for a moment almost like is tara the killer oh well uh sydney finds richie and like so they they do scatter to every room it does get a bit confusing yeah and so like 
Sydney goes inside and says, I'm going to shoot anybody who doesn't come out in the next five seconds. And she starts clearing rooms and shooting through them. Right. She literally is shooting through every door, assuming the killer is behind there. And then she gets upstairs and shoots through one of them and shoots Richie in the leg. Yeah. Right. And at the same time this is happening, Sam finds her sister tied up in the closet. Right. And then you don't know if she lets her sister out or not. So that's all that's happening at the same time. So it does get a bit confusing. Meanwhile, Amber has put the ghost face costume back on yes because she then tries to take out sydney and then the gun clatters to the floor during the fight she tells richie to get the gun and he's like nope i'm the other killer fuck y'all and then there's a 10 minute monologue about how they're saving the world of horror basically i mean it's just typical horror fans really i mean well it just like it it may <laughs> it basically says they met on an internet forum they were unhappy with the franchise and then so they were going to they basically do their scooby-doo i'm going to reveal their james bond villain monologue they're yeah. making a new story and they're here to set up sam billy loomis's daughter as the new killer right and they are going to get away and finally get to see a new good stab movie because the last one with the katanas drove them over the edge which honestly katanas would only improve it mm, i've got to see it i've got to see the katana stab i have I to gotta see, see this the stab with the katanas he had two of them mikey i know i know i'm, two I'm katanas. not a, i am a stab eight i'm all in you know, well, and, and it's at this point that because he's now evil, he's trying to evil smile. I was just like, oh, hey, young Dennis Quaid, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Like, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> but the plot makes no sense. And then, the, and then like they treat each other like boyfriend, girlfriend. And she's aggressively underage. Oh, Who's you underage? mean Amber and uh, Jack Quaid? Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely think yeah. that Jack Quaid should be in jail for well, sure <laughs> he before does, he yeah. kills anybody. <laughs> well, for many reasons, for, for murdering people, but, no, I mean, but also, yeah. Yeah, for grooming anybody. her. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. This movie is about an incel grooming and turning a creep, <laughs> like a teenager, into a murderer. Yeah. No notes. Anyway, that smile is enough to maybe get me to watch The Boys because it's it's been on my list forever, but I just never get around with it. I love The Boys. Oh, my the God. The Boys is the only superhero property worth watching anymore. I would argue with you on that, but that's fine. <laughs> Name one that would be better than The Boys. Dude, Mikey and I are fucking stoked for Loki 2. You have no idea. Yeah, Loki the TV show. I love... I, let's not get into it. We, 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 we can't. We, we already have an angry enough energy for this recording. Let's not open up any old other old wounds between us. I will yeah, yeah. say, I have been very like harsh on this movie. I enjoyed it. I hear what you're saying, but that's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's like 99% like shitting on the way. He's like, but you know what? I did like it. No, I mean, I'm shitting on it because I can recognize that it is a lazy slasher movie trying to pretend it's not a lazy slasher movie. Like the whole like impetus of the movie is that slashers are better than elevated horror. And first off, they can be, but they can be. Absolutely. Isn't. So like, I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but swing and a miss. But yeah. like, I like it. I think it's silly and stupid and fun. I don't like Scream as much as other friends. I don't like the meta stuff is just I think meta. It's OK. I just thought about what would happen if we because we kind of like slumped in the middle of the day. If we got food and watched Time Cop tonight, how much Todd would be like, man, this movie fucking slaps compared to Scream 5. Oh, he Time Cop is a better fundamental film than. Yes. 
than Scream 5. I find that impossible to not believe. Like, <laughs> the, the, the Scream movies as a whole, I, I will say the first one does a really good job with causality. Yes. The first one is a classic. But everyone after that is just aggressively, just sit back and relax. You're going to see some people get murdered, and at the end, nothing's going to make sense. But don't worry, you'll be back in a year and a half for the next one. I really like the next one, which as much as I can a Scream movie, I have to like caveat this because like, I'm sure you guys will not like it. But I liked it because it was like Jason Takes Manhattan, but it's actually in Manhattan. But Mikey, I like this movie, so I'm sure I'll like the next one. Ghostface just runs into a convenience store in New York and like murders three people and runs out, which I was like... <laughs> I am here for this. I'm here for that, oddly enough. That sounds enough. amazing, yeah. <laughs> I wanted more of it. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, anyway. So, uh, Jenna Ortega jumps up and, and gets uh, baby Dennis Quaid uh, with a crutch to the face uh, and bites him. And then there's no, a no, fight no. between... No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crutch, no. the crutch fight <laughs> is between Jenna, Jenna Ortega and, and Amber. Amber. And no, because Gail and, and Sydney and Amber have the, the glass hand sanitizer battle while this is happening you're right and i know that i'm also right and i know that this sequence is very confusing to me as a person because she does she she crushed her upstairs no that's what it was before this before that fight he they review they do their monologue and he goes go get her because i tricked oh. you to think your sister did it and then she right, amber right, goes right, to get jenna right, she's like right. she's not here and then she right. gets attacked that's and then everybody scrambles sam runs off Dennis Quaid, uh, not Dennis Quaid, <laughs> Jack Quaid chases her. Amber comes back after disabling Jenna yeah. Ortega. And then the uh, that this sequence begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's like a head butt. Uh, but this is also, uh, so this is Gail. You killed my best friend. And she's like, no, I was radicalized by the message board. Uh, but this is where it's a glass bottle of hand sanitizer. And then they put her on the stove and light her on fire. And I did love that favorite kill of the movie they shoot her into the stove and it lights yeah. her on fire yeah and then she still survives somehow but anyway well i mean she survives for like 10 more minutes like she does get shot in the head in a few minutes right uh and meanwhile sam and richie are fighting and he's reciting the rules to her and she says new rule never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer and she just stabs the fucking shit out she goes feral and, she enjoys and it's awesome it. yeah she is low-key season two loving it you know what i'm saying <laughs> so this sets up in the next film where like she's scared the whole time she is a serial killer waiting to happen that's so much more that's what i want from this one Th that's so much more of a motivating factor that i can get behind for her as a character a hundred percent so the next one is jenna ortega's in college but living with her sister because her sister sure. they're all messed up and her sister's like actively in therapy really scared she's gonna kill more people and like then they start being hunted or whatever okay Anyway, the, I did love her stabbing because she just goes fucking nuts. And I was like, all right, now this is getting good now that it's over. And so anyway, <laughs> revealing her to probably be the new Nev Campbell for whatever. She definitely is the new Nev Campbell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Jenna Ortega is just like, well, I still like the Babadook. And I was like, it is a great film. I cannot yeah, argue with you. I, get it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like ghost stories more than slashers overall. I don't know. Anyway, the twins, the brother and sister survive. So our body count is even lower than we thought. That's Randy's niece and nephew. Yeah. Right. And then Gail and Sydney are just like chilling like they haven't been both shot and stabbed respectfully. 
uh, respectively. I, I don't know. They were pretty respectfully when they shot them. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me, miss. May Might I stab I shoot you? you? May I shoot you in the stomach? <laughs> It'll be fine. Or as I call it, consent. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Gail is like, I ain't going to write about these fools. They don't get shit from me. I'm going to write a book about Dewey. And I was like, this is going to be a boring book, but okay. Uh, and then Sam gets in the ambulance with Tara and she's like, I'll hold your hand all the way there. And, and that's the movie. So having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what did you guys think about five cream? I give it two creams out of five. Honestly, I never want to use this scale again. But two creams out of five is fair. I Yeah, I could live with two creams. <laughs> and two sugars for like setting up a better <laughs> film for the next one. I do think largely this is a very bad movie, but that sort of makes me like it. I would have loved it. Like it would have been on like scream three levels of love for me if the pacing wasn't atrocious and Parker Posey had been featured in some way. Although I think she's dead. She died in the third one, right? Yeah. I will tell you in the next one, they bring back some legacy characters from the sequels that are funnier. Okay. I mean, I honestly... And I think it works better because it does not focus on them. Yes. I think we need to just move into who the new characters are, who the new kids are, like, and just let that new younger generation have Scream. I think I just found out where Woodsboro is. So that's nice. Where is Woodsboro? Woodsboro is in Sonoma County, which means that it is not a crazy drive from Modesto. So that makes a lot of sense. It just means that Scream 3 doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I knew that. That's the most. I mean, <laughs> that film had many problems, not just the distance. How <laughs> yeah, dare you? But but oddly enough, n knowing this, I was like, well, that actually kind of works. It's Scream. It's your gritty reboot. They took other characters you loved and made them like burned out and then awful. And like, I don't you know, like Han Solo was redeemed. He was supposed to be a good father. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Had Han Solo died when he was supposed to, then the sequels, the ones that came out like more recently would have been way better. Or if he, like, turned into a good guy. Well, that's what the whole original trilogy, the trilogy is was about. about. Yeah, exactly. And he was supposed to sacrifice himself at the end of the third movie, I think. But James oh, Lucas didn't want to yeah. hurt toy sales, so he kept him alive. And then because of that, they had to relive Han Solo's whole life journey in that first, like, sequel movie that just came out. A few years ago. I, uh, we don't have to talk about We this. could do a whole... Yes. But I mean, like, because of everything, how he changed over the original trilogy, he would have been a better father, in my opinion. Right. But it's just like the way... And not to bring it back to this movie, which I'm going to do my best to do. It is just like the way Dewey... Yes. Like, became the person that Gale needed him to be in that fourth movie. And then they're supposed to live happily ever after. And then, for literally no reason, they're not together. People are not getting, they're not understanding why in 2020, 2021, in modern times, people are looking back to their heroes from childhood and movies that they love and they want them, they want that nostalgia. What they want is the hope and the good guys and, and the good, and like the good guys winning at the end. And like, they want the things that they loved about those characters. They don't want to take people they loved back then and bring them forward to be like, oh, this is as if Luke lived 30 years in an office job and then left his wife and then like you know like i don't want that i want to see how the good guys went forward we live in a dark enough world and don't do it to my screen people either i agree mikey but Paige, yeah, yeah. do you have any fun facts for us <laughs> sure well hit us with your five facts causality fun fun facts. Facts. <laughs> i love yours that was great all right so there's a million and a half fun facts for this we're just going to go through a few that i picked out that i liked uh so 
Um, interestingly, Dewey doesn't typically mention his sister Tatum or her death in the prior sequels, and it's something people criticized a lot. Um, but in this film, we actually see that he keeps her ashes on his mantle. So Aww. that's kind of a fun little Easter egg. Nice. Um, it's the same voice actor, Roger L. Jackson, as Ghostface. Um, and we do see the voice changer for Ghostface in this movie a little bit, too, which is a weird one that appears in some sequels and not others. David Arquette is a certified Bob Ross painting instructor, oh. instructor and taught several of the cast members how to paint like Bob Ross during filming breaks. I love it. I do love that. Mm -hmm. um, now, Nev Campbell was originally hesitant to return to the franchise uh, because obviously Wes Craven was not directing and because he is dead, he couldn't really give his blessing onto the new uh, movies, which, hey, maybe that was a time to end the franchise, whatever. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> what changed her mind is that the director's uh, for this film, wrote her a letter about how much Wes Craven and his films meant to them as filmmakers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I was glad that Nab Campbell was in this one. I'm sad she's not in the next one, but I honestly like would love like for the Scream franchise to continue on and like feasibly like people age and you can't like continue on forever, which is like sort of what we're getting in the Halloween franchises, right? Yeah. Like it's time to pass that torch, you know? Well, I, I mean, look at her character with this film. She's married. She's got a few kids. She's happy. She's in an undisclosed yes. location. Let her go. And I really like at the end of this movie when uh, Sam asks Nev Campbell's character, like, am I going to be okay? And she's like, yeah, in time, you'll be okay. Yeah. Because she has found happiness and like a family and like all of that stuff. And I, I love that for her. I love that for her character. But just like, and I realized that his character died off in the Fast and the Furious movies. Or in, in like real life, but like in the movies, he's just like gone off to be a family. He's just man. watching the kids. Paul Walker, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just like, always watching the kids. That's pretty fun. I like that. Like he got a happy ending sort of, uh, you know, and yeah. I, I sort of like that Nev Campbell's character gets that too. After literally four movies of her going through shit, you know? Yeah. So in the original film, uh, so and that's Scream, uh, Sydney uses an online 911 emergency system to call for help. Now, that scene was meant to show her typing her address as 34 Elm Street, but it was cut for time. So it actually isn't until this film that an Elm Street in Woodsboro is seen and therefore made canon and confirmed to be the street that Sydney grew up on, which is, of course, a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. Of course, but I'm, I'm here for that. That's great. Um, obviously, the character of Wes was named for Wes Craven. Yeah. Not, no surprises there. Um, let's see. This was filmed kind of pre and during COVID and it's like premiere was delayed a couple times. That's why it ends up coming out in 2022 with another scream. So soon after it now, when Dewey is watching Gail on Good Morning America, before he turns the TV off, Gail signs off with a joke about how she never hopes to have bangs again. And if she tries, someone should stop her. <laughs> Obviously, this is a reference to Scream 3. The best Scream. Yeah, and it even became a meme in the 2010s. Uh, so the framed photo of David Arquette and Cor Courtney Cox that's in Dewey's trailer is a real one uh, just from their photos from <laughs> when they were married. <laughs> yeah. So Nev Campbell didn't realize until after the fact that Sidney Prescott's husband in Scream was uh, in this one, Scream 2022, uh, was an Easter egg. But while speaking with Screen Rant about her role in the film, she was asked about the Mark Kincaid Easter egg 
and she revealed that someone just told me that yesterday. I didn't realize when I was saying it. So it's been 22 years since the release of Scream 3, and the character of Mark Kincaid has not appeared since then. So essentially it's it's implied that she's married to that character oh but this really is the first Shit. movie okay yeah this is the first movie that like solidifies that well cool yeah uh so how do we know that woodsboro is in uh sonoma county or close by so woodsboro uh the area codes show to be 707 that's the area code for santa rosa healdsburg uh, and other sonoma county places where a lot of the original scream was filmed it's about three hours northeast of modesto so it would have been a three-hour drive so this is the third Scream film in which a survivor of a previous film does not return for the following. So in this case, Kirby Reed, who survived Scream 4, is absent from this film. Uh, but also Mark Kincaid, who survived Scream 3, absent for both this and 4. Well, he had to watch the kids. He had to watch the kids. Yeah, he's taking care of Sydney's kids. Well, and his kids, too. Right. <laughs> Additionally, Neil Prescott, Sydney's father, survived the first movie, was absent for the second one, and appears in the third one, uh, but is not in this at all, obviously. Right. Okay. So, in this movie, when they're going through the rules, they mention that screen the killings in Woodsboro happen every decade or so. That actually follows... The Scream movies released in which the killings happen in Woodsboro, but it also follows the two movies that take place outside of Woodboro, Woodsboro. So it it basically they are always about a decade apart. So the original Scream is 1996. Scream 4 is 2011 uh, and Scream. This one is 2022. Uh, so that means that the first Woodsboro killing, Maureen Prescott, took place a year before Scream, the first one, but I would say we, we're starting from that point. Right. Um, 15 years later, Scream 4 occurs in 2011. As you'll remember, Scream 2 and Scream 3 don't occur in Woodsboro, 3 notably in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then 11 years later, this movie takes place. Now, Scream 2 takes t place two years after the original, but its location is now Ohio. And then Scream 3 two years after Scream 2, uh, but that occurs in Hollywood and was not released until 2000, so they don't count as Woodsboro killings. And okay. those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie did come out in 2022. What do you think the production budget was for Scream 5, or as we've been calling it, 5 Cream? Production budget, I think, was probably pretty... I, I was going to say pretty hefty for a couple of reasons. One, because you had to get everybody back, so you had to pay them. But two, right. they filmed some of this during COVID, and that becomes more expensive because of all the precautions they had to take. So I'm going to say that this probably cost $50 million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? $35 million. Okay. So the budget actually was $24 million. So okay. Less oh, okay. than what you both guessed. So. That's still a good amount of money, don't get me wrong, but I honestly did think it would be more because of the legacy cast coming back. Right. Um, but whatever. Like, I really hope David Arquette got a big payout for Diane. Anyway, so this movie premiered in the theaters on um, January 14th, 2022. Now, what do we know about movies released in January? That's where you dump stinkers. Yep. Okay, and I did. I don't say that to say that this, this movie, movie stink, is a though. stinker. No, I don't think so. But it was number one its first week it came out, right? Yes. Um, so it was number one. The number two movie was Spider-Man No Way Home, which 
had been out for five weeks and was still number two. The number three movie was Sing 2. The number four movie was The 355 or The 355. I'm not 100% sure I haven't seen it. And number five was The King's Man. What do you think Scream made in its opening weekend? And again, it's Scream or Five Cream. This was huge. Everybody went to go see this when this came out. So I, I would imagine that it has an opening weekend of at least, I'm going to say 40 million opening weekend. And that may be crazy, but I remember everybody talking about this and going to see it. Okay. I think that's a fair guess. Mikey, what do you think? 20 million. Okay. So you guys are on either side of it, actually. So it made $30 million in its opening that's weekend. Huge. That's huge. I agree. It is huge. Out of all of the six screen movies that we have to this point, it is the fourth best opening weekend out of the six movies we had. So, like, it is, I think it's great for an opening weekend to make $30 million, especially if your budget was 24, right? You make your budget back in your opening weekend. But screen movies typically have great openings. Anyway, um, okay. So, this movie was in the box office for a total of 11 weeks. It was never again number one, but it was in the top five for its first four weeks. And then it fell to seven and eight and ten and then was out of the top ten. Um, so what do you think it made domestically in its box office run? I'm going to put it at 87. Okay. No. Maybe. I'm going to go 100. Okay. So the domestic, again, this is just domestic. It was $81.6 million okay. domestically, which if you, again, sort of stack rank all of the Scream movies, it puts this second to last for domestic box office. The number one movie, Mikey, is Scream 6, the one we're going to do next. Uh -huh. The number two is the original Scream. Number three was the Scream 2, and then Scream 3, and then this Scream, and then Scream 4 did the worst domestically at the box office. But this Scream also made $57.2 million internationally. So the total worldwide was $138.8 million, uh -huh. which is still, if you stack rank again, all the Scream movies, this is still the second to worst Scream movie as far as numbers or dollars performance. Um, but it puts the worldwide total at $138.8 million. And that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Hey, listeners, our scary scale is how scary we found the film when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 examples, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige. Um, this is a one for me. This is not, not a scary film. I'm going to give it a two because some of the kills were, like, pretty, like, body horror-y and some of them made me squirm but like scream movies aren't really scary movies at all it's just like the body horror sort of got to me at this one whereas like other scream movies aren't super scary scream one with drew barrymore's opening was terrifying yes agreed yeah but i will say I, the first time i saw this i think it was probably out of three i think i saw it in a good environment it's probably like a three or four i think today it's probably a one and that's our scary scale so this week, you guys have made us watch Scream 5 or 5 Cream or just Scream to make it as confusing as possible. What movie are you guys making us watch next week? It's even despite our criticism of franchises in general, it's been a long time since we revisited the Nightmare on Elm Street universe. So we're going to be doing Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. I can't wait. Like those movies got so crazy so quickly. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait to see where the fifth one goes. So your homework, guys, for next week is to watch 
the dream child uh, and then report back for that episode yeah and this one it's a gritty reboot where freddie is actually so burned out he doesn't murder anymore because he's not happy and he just he's just hung the too glove soon, up mikey I'm burned sorry. out he's too burned out yeah he was <laughs> burned to death mikey rude i'm sorry i'm sorry no i'm just joking he, i mean he's a bad dude so it's fine but mikey do you have a review for us to read i i don't well, while you're looking one up, let me read one of the most recent comments that we got on an episode on Spotify, and that was our The Dark and the Wicked episode, and the comment I'm going to read this week is from someone named Mars, and their comment is, this podcast is my favorite investigative true crime show, five out of five. <laughs> so Mars, thank you so much for enjoying our delve into the world of mail fraud, not mail fraud, but like <laughs> scams that are perpetrated through the mail in that the dark and the wicked episode. Cause sure. that shit was crazy. Mikey, now that I have vamped sufficiently, have you picked a review to read? I'm going to read Maxwell from the land. Okay. Entitled my favorite podcast. Therefore I pay. Okay. Well, what do they have to say? Mikey. This is the best podcast. Todd, I love how raw and utterly your, yourself you are. Oh, well, that's very kind. Thank you. As someone who that has lost people close to me in the past, you Aww. have made me cry in a good way many times. Well, sorry. Because of his voice, I guess, because of the, cry, the, <laughs> ear, the ear cancer. Yeah. I, it's good that there are some listeners out there that don't like pay, Mikey aggressively roll their eyes whenever I talk about shit that's happened in my past. I don't give it away when it's paid for, you know what I'm saying? You got to pay me for that kind of treatment. That saying is out there somewhere in the real mix of words. Go find it. I think what you were trying to say is I'm not your therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm maybe a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was is. going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey can't even remember his own lines. No, I can't. I'm aggressively tired. Same. It's your fault, though. You kept us up until like fucking 3 a.m. I am fully aware that I did all of this. (laughs) Paige, you are the funniest and coolest person I've ever met. Agreed. Not met, but you know what I mean. And I am sorry that I momentarily questioned it when your voice suddenly changed. Oh, okay. Thank you. You have literally made me laugh harder than anyone ever. Mikey, I share your taste in movies and struggles to find love. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) I love when you take your silly mask off and talk about your day job. You clearly do some good work out there, and it probably isn't easy. I'd make jokes to cope, too. Super insightful and doing good works. When you three are combined, it's like a Captain Planet type situation. Somehow... Inexplicably, it is even better than the pieces. Love the show, Maxwell. Five stars. Oh, thank you. Well, Maxwell, thank you so much for that awesome five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five star review, leave us a five star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm. than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon. 
and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's got a teenager that's just, like, driving her crazy. So how was Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She's fucking ghost face. Oh, <laughs> my God. You know what? That makes so much sense, though, because it makes zero sense, and that's, like, how things work in this universe. Well, Tia, thank you so much for uh, at least letting us know who Ghostface was. And this episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos. So I am going to steal your screen right now and then show this video for you to watch. This is a video called To Say It Was Canceled Due to Weather Was Just Odd. Questions remain about the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Oh, I heard about this. I wonder if this is where he was. Remember when he was at a music festival? Oh, that could be. I saw a bunch of stuff like this uh, on TikTok. So this just in, I read the whole message. It says, well, this is what happened at the music festival we went to, trying to continue to get the word about, about this so people can be held accountable. And it yeah. does look like the organizers really fucked up this music oh, festival. Oh, he got a fire yeah. fest situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was basically fire effects. And one of the accounts I follow on TikTok uh, I guess had been at a festival with the same organizers a few years back and it was just as bad if not worse and so they had been trying to tell people for years and apparently these organizers have had to go from like city to city to city because once people see them host like one festival they never let them do it again it seems like it's like a scam like issue within like the promoter like festival promotion yes. community like and not all of them there are some great festivals out there that are like intricate and complex and hard to pull off right but like it looks like there are just some people who like take advantage of like music fans Absolutely. and just really pull up to the shitter so jonathan thank you so much for uh bringing that uh to our attention and so sorry you had to live through that we now return you to another episode of uh the, the patreonicals it's Land of the Giants. Everybody's up there at the Land of the Giants. And then uh, they killed a bunch of giants, but then they found um, Vix and Avery tied up by two of the giants. And so um, Dreskel with his Iron Man suit kills one. Jeremy with his laser eyes kills the other. Hell yeah. James Avery pulls out Sexcalibur um, and then stabs Sunzi in the back just because he's annoying. And then, um, but Sunzi <laughs> grows it. He can't die, so he just grows it back. Okay. Uh, but then he runs up. <laughs> he runs up. To Vixen Avery, she's the maiden in distress, and then um, he freezes and drops Excalibur, and then uh, River Moon and her attach into one body, and so does Aaron, the good witch, the bad witch, and then there was Vixen Avery was actually not a maiden; she was a third witch. They're like the Oracle witches, and they're like, "You've fallen for our traps, bitches." And then 
They threw out force lightning looking stuff. And then Isaac in the black armor, he gets electrocuted. So what you're saying is somehow Palpatine returned. Well, no, this makes more sense. <laughs> Kate uses her psychic powers to throw a, a, a giant body at them, but then they electrocute her. And then uh, how many witches are there, Mikey? There are three and they're connected. Aaron. Um, Do they only have one eyeball to share between them, Mikey? No, they have six full eyeballs <laughs> i mean that's the regular amount of eyeballs uh-huh. amongst three people they yes. do um <laughs> jerry with his laser eyes gets knocked out behind them are 18 of the bluest children you've ever seen it's natasha and karun's children they run towards the children to rescue them and they're like we need these children to sacrifice them for the big thing we're doing that's evil we're not going to tell you because that would be dumb i do think mikey definitely has planned all this out he just doesn't want to reveal it too soon Uh but he has a whole thing like i've seen the whiteboard it's beautiful it's like pepe silvia over there (laughs) i do like how you said that they were going to sacrifice the children mikey and then you were like but they're also doing it for something bad as if like sacrificing the children isn't in and of itself bad. Like you had to think of another excuse. <laughs> well, you have to have a motivation. They're not just like doing it for no reason. No, no, no. I know. They Mikey, I know. would. Maybe. I don't know. They have a motivation that's we'll going to be out revealed. Next week. Yeah. Let's not get into it. Let's not make this too meta. Okay. <laughs> Madeline the Jester does some cartwheels and then throws Jay's pack, which opens up and out flies a jet ski being driven by Bo Easy. On that jet ski is Allie the Mermaid. They've come to help. Hell yeah. And then also Mr. Rage Bomb starts throwing fireworks. There's a big battle going on. Allie's just slapping witches with her tail. Uh-huh. Mr. Rage Bomb is just like Jubilee, just making fireworks it's, go everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Back down on the down the beanstalk, back towards the castle. Uh Libby, the queen, and is caressing Wes, Prince Charming's face. And then a giant body falls on the castle and slumps over it they get scared and um wait like a dead giant like an actual yeah, falls giant okay. down yeah okay that's everywhere and then oh. just covers in the guts and that's how the episode ends well i guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out how they clean up all the giant guts and also like what's worse than sacrificing a bunch of blue children on another episode of the, the patreonicals that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye.